Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Howard here. Brandon is on his Steelheart tour right now, and based on his communiques, I think he wishes his epic power was teleportation. Audible.com has given us three copies of the Steelheart audiobook to give away, and we had so much fun with Twitter last week, we've decided to do it this way again. But don't tell us your epic weakness. We already know those, and we have them all on file. Tell us what your power is, and why it will help you in this contest. For instance, you might tweet... My invulnerability to kitten memes means I alone will be left standing to collect the Steelheart audiobook from At Writing Excuses. The required verbatim component is those last five words. The Steelheart audiobook from At Writing Excuses. That leaves you 94 characters to play with. 95 if you omit the trailing period, which you should not do because many in our community share the epic weakness of cringing at bad punctuation. Your tweeting may begin now. We'll draw an arbitrary line in the sand on the morning of Wednesday, October 9th, and select three winners. Follow Writing Excuses on Twitter to learn the results. Season 8, Episode 40. This is Writing Excuses Publishing with Bill Schaefer. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. And this is Bill Schaefer. Howdy. Bill, you are the publisher at Subterranean Press. Actually, I am the co-publisher at Subterranean. Co-publishing, okay. I have a business partner, Tim Holt, mm-hmm. and I have a partner in everything but name, Yanni Kuznia. Mm-hmm. So I deserve the blame for anything that goes wrong, <laughs> and for anything that goes right, there's a really good chance that there's someone who is following along behind me. So tell us about Subterranean, just briefly. Uh, we started in '95. Did two chapbooks, moved into hardcover the next year, did one that year, and by the end of the 90s, we were doing, I don't know, eight or 12 books a year and starting to realize things like there were there were certain leap points. Like my, my wife has told me that um, her friends, having a second child is traumatic and scatters their brains. When they add the third child, it really doesn't matter. It's no harder to keep track of three than it is two. And and we'd find points where, you know, doing four books was a lot. All of a sudden, jumping to doing eight wasn't a whole lot harder than doing four. And then I, I kept this sort of spreadsheet in my head for many years. And then we reached the point where we were doing 55 books a year. And the spreadsheet collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> So nowadays, are you doing, how many books a year are you doing? Usually about 55. Wow. That's awesome. So um, do you, you're still considered, I'd say, a small press. Do you consider that, is that how you look at yourselves? or Very much so. I mean, 55 books a year doesn't sound that small to me. Um, but the print runs range. Okay. Anywhere from, you know, we've done limited editions with Ray Bradbury, where mm-hmm. the print run was 250 copies signed by Ray. Mm-hmm. And the largest print run we've done to date was 20,000 copies. Okay. And the interesting thing is we do it all without any traditional distribution. Mm-hmm. We're not with IPG. We, we're not with, uh, with Diamond. We're not with anyone. 
So bookstores who want to stock us have to actively go to wholesalers such as Ingram and Baker and Taylor to mm -hmm. pick us up, which has a couple of things going on there. A, it, it limits our exposure. So we are a very good place for projects that New York's not interested in necessarily. But so they're happy to see us pick up a project because mm -hmm. we know we're, they know we're not going to step on their toes. And that's why I went to you. Um, I published a book with you guys, Legion, because it was it was too small for yeah. New York. It was 17,000 words as a novella. And New York, the, the big publisher, just like, we can't convince our distribution channels to care about something this small. The price point will be too high for something that small. But I was able to go to you guys um, at, with a small press to do a really nice deluxe limited edition. And, and the deal is we, we try to strike a balance because we can't survive mm -hmm. 40, 50, 60% returns on a regular basis, mm -hmm. which sometimes do flood in for titles we do. Um, so we, we keep a very careful eye on print runs. Um, and I'd rather slightly underprint a book, mm -hmm. especially now that, that a lot of titles have further life as ebooks, um, so that there's an option out there for people who, who see something climbing to into the hundreds of dollars um, on the collectible market. Like we, mm -hmm. we did some stuff with Pete Brett. Yeah. And. The first book we did with him, I had a print run, I think, of maybe a thousand copies plus a mm -hmm. couple hundred signed, and I actually saw copies of the unsigned edition going for five hundred dollars. And and while we're happy to have collectors, uh -huh. it's it's never our intention to see see it reach a point where right. you have to choose between rent and buying. Now you you a just, book. you weren't ever tempted to be like, hey, we found another hundred copies, five hundred bucks each, guys. No, and in fact, the the only f we've we've done that a few times, and what we, what we what we do what we do was, yes for a long for a long time the warehouse was in a state of um, organization, mm -hmm. and, um, and and we had a collector's room into which things would be put, and we we would offer things on our website and. Um, it was almost senseless to offer a Peter Brett book at 20 bucks, And I don't mm -hmm. remember if we ever did this with any of Pete's books because it was going to be snapped up by someone who was going to turn the book right. for, a, for a massive profit immediately. Mm -hmm. So what we would do is we would look at what the market price for the book was and we'd let the author know what we were going to do and then we would jack the price up um, some, somewhere below market price but high enough so that it wasn't going to be attractive to someone who was looking to flip it, mm -hmm. and then we just donate all the money to charity. Mm. Well, that's very admirable of you, actually. Um, it, you know, it's never a ton of copies of a book, mm -hmm. and we make a good living mm -hmm. the way we do things. Now, uh, we have never had a publisher on the podcast before, which is why we wanted to ask you on. Um, and you offer a unique perspective um, for those who out there who are not uh, aware, um, publishing and editing is actually, those are very different jobs. Sometimes publishers will wear the editing hat, and it does yes. happen. But, but the publishing is more the business side of it, of creating, you know, selling the book, I guess. So, well, just tell me, what does the publisher do in your perspective? What's, what's your job? Um, I'm the one who chooses primarily which projects we're going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I negotiate the contracts, set the print runs, decide on our publication schedule, 
Um, you know, we, we try to space things out. So, for example, we're not going to be hitting the trades, Publishers Weekly, Book List, mm -hmm. Library Journal, etc., with eight books in a month that they might review because they're going to pick two of those to review and then ignore the other six. Mm -hmm. So we try to do things like, say we're doing a limited of the new Joe Abercrombie book. Right. We'll, we'll publish that in a month because it's not going to require any reviews. It's going to be sold to Joe Abercrombie collectors. Mm -hmm. And then we'll pick a couple of other books that we actually actively want reviewed. Right. So we're very, um, very aware of um, price points, mm -hmm. print run sizes um, in setting our schedule so that we don't overwhelm. Um, we, we have, I think at the last, last time we checked, over 60% of our income came directly through our website. Okay. Um, and we're very aware and very grateful to these people who support us this way. So we try hard to set things up so that we, we're not, um, you know, taking money from them, hundreds right. of dollars on a monthly basis. Um, and you guys listening may be wondering, okay, why aren't you talking about how to write books? Why are we talking to a publisher? Well, um, what we have said many times, and I, I repeatedly say this, that your job as a writer, part of it is to be a small business owner. And being a small business owner, you need to learn the business that you're trying to be part of. Um, you need to know what the difference between an editor and a publisher is. And knowing what the publishing industry does and the aspects of it, I guarantee is going to be useful to you in approaching this business of yours that you want to do. Um, and so this is one of the reasons why we, we invited Bill on. Now, after Actually, I, I yeah. thought it was because I was in the neighborhood. You are well, in the neighborhood, yeah. yes. But <laughs> we, we forced Sherry to drag you along. <laughs> well, Mary forced. Yes. I, I asked nicely and yes, my eyelashes through email. Well, we promised you fudge, I believe. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
<laughs> so let's go ahead and do our book of the week. Um, the book of the week is actually going to be a book that I published with Bill that we do have an audio edition of. It's Legion. Yes. Um, go ahead. Are you going to talk okay. about it or should I talk about how awesome I, I am? <laughs> <laughs> the book doesn't suck. I mean, it's a, it, it is a wonderful, clever, funny novella that does not outstay its welcome. And I think th those were your main goals in writing it. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, I, I have not heard the narration yet, um, but uh, I, I suspect uh, there's a lot of room for playing there. It is. It's, it's a good narration, I believe. And you don't have to feel bad about taking money away from Bill because his edition all sold out, which yeah. is what we like to see. Which was, you know, I think, if you don't mind me saying, mm -hmm. we did... What three thousand copies plus mm -hmm. a signed edition, which, compared to your New York releases, is minuscule. However, um, your it it helps you build a relationship with your most ardent fans, mm -hmm. and it also helps us maintain a relationship with with our customer base, mm -hmm. while also bringing in fans of yours to our company and showing yeah. them what we do. And um, I originally was going to do only an ebook edition of Legion. My agent came to me and said, no, let's give it to Bill. I think that he will do a nice edition. Your fans will really love it. And then you'll have a print edition. And those who just want to get the ebook or the audiobook, which we have on Audible, um, can go do that. And those who want the collector's edition, sorry, guys, you can't get it anymore. It's all gone. But keep your eyes open. I will do more like this. I loved the email from your agent mm -hmm. when he sent me that novella because he ended it with, Please let me. Please tell me you don't me, need me to include Brandon's resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to give um, Legion a listen, you can go to audiblepodcast.com/excuse, and you can start a 30-day free trial and download Legion free as your free audiobook when you sign up. So, Bill, I have kind of a hard question for you next, and I'm not sure where you go with it. You may just want to say no answer, but my question for you is: being a publisher. What is your take on where, how the publishing industry is changing and where it's going? And um, is this what opportunities are there for authors and for small publishers in the future years? Plastics are our future. Plastics, plastics. <laughs> um, Invest in gold. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do think ebooks are going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. I think they are ultimately going to be the death knell for mass market paperbacks. Um, I think there. And that right. happened in the UK already. Yes. Um, um, so it's not uh, far off to, to make that projection happening here, too. I think we're reaching a maximum price point in New York for hardcovers. Um, we're seeing some, some massive bestsellers. By massive, I mean size. Mm -hmm. And also books that sell a lot of copies, like Stephen King's Under the Dome. Mm -hmm. And they're $35. Um, for something that's 1,100 pages, that's actually a really good, reasonable price, as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned. Um, it, it also works well for us because our base hardcover price tends to be in the $40 range. Uh -huh. And for that, we offer things like, uh, you know, colored end sheets, a sewn book instead of a glued one. Um, so that has been, been good for us, but I can't see um, New York's prices as a rule, with the exception of bestsellers, uh -huh. climbing much higher than an average of around $25. I want to jump in here because mm -hmm. one of the, the things that I've seen Bill doing that I think other people should really be paying attention to is that he looks at the book as an artifact, mm -hmm. that, that the books are beautiful, beautiful books, and they're meant to last. 
And that's something that I, I suspect going forward is, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that his books are, he's one of the small right. presses who's doing well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because, you know, when people buy ebooks, they buy something because they want to read it. It's consumable. Yeah. yeah. But when, when you're buying a subterranean press book or, or any hardback at this point, but particularly something that is put together with care and thought, mm -hmm. you're buying it because you want it the thing. Right. There you are, want the tactile experience. There are a couple of books, I should point out, that, that, that have been done that way. Mm -hmm. um, Felix Palma's two novels, um, the, uh, what was it, uh, The Map of Time and The Map of the Sky, are gorgeous. In fact, the second volume actually comes with 3D glasses mm -hmm. so that you can, the, the end sheets are in full color, which is, which as you know, is rare coming from New York. Mm -hmm. um, and you can actually see the invaders from Mars coming in, in the end sheets in 3D. And when we got copies of that book in the warehouse, and, and I'm a huge fan of Felix's work, um, Yanni and I were looking at it and we decided um, there's nothing we can do to improve this book with the exception of we could print it in two colors and we could bind, we could have it a sewn binding rather than a glued binding, but in terms of design, in terms of care they showed in um, taking elements from the story and using them in the design and in the end sheets and in the cover, they really knocked that one out of the park. Um, I also think that uh, Carlos Ruiz Zafon has had some really nice books done. Um, the the best-selling one is, is the, the Shadow of the Wind, which is one of the best novels I've ever read. And um, a, lot of, a lot of care has gone into the crafting of each of those books. Um, the, uh, not the most recent one, but the one before that, The Angels Game, had one of those dust jackets that actually was cut along the top so it exposed part of the printed, the boards to the mm -hmm. book, and they had actually gone to the trouble of printing on the boards of the book mm. a library. So you saw the tops of these books running along the top of the dust jacket. Mm. Wow, beautiful. You know, and I think this is a really lucid point. In fact, I think that the ebook revolution um, actually offers a lot of opportunities for things like subterranean mm -hmm. press. And um, I don't know if you can see this, but I can easily foresee a day where some one of these self-published authors that's publishing only on ebook comes and says, let's do a 5,000 copy limited edition with subterranean press. It's already happened. And, yeah. And this is a real use you, to you, you guys listening. It. I did it. Yes. yes I did it. <laughs> but I mean, somebody who's already a, a, that's published their ebook, you know, you guys listening, you, you, some of you like to self-publish, you publish, you start selling 10, 20,000 copies, and you say, wow, I'd like to have a print edition, but that's a real headache. I don't want a warehouse. I don't want to deal with all this, but it, I don't know that I want to go to New York because New York is going to take too many of my rights. You could go to Bill and say, hey, shall we do a limited edition? Well, yeah, if you have a fan base. <laughs> if, you ha if you're selling 20 or 30,000 copies, well, true. Fair enough. then that's true. a 1,000-copy limited edition, yeah. um, I mean, I see a, a world where publishing may transition uh, that all hardcover publishers will be more like what Bill is doing. It, it Potentially. Could, it could be. It could. I, I think if, if it goes that way in New York, then they need to increase the attention to, uh -huh. to certain details and, and certain qualities. Um, I actually think uh, you're going to see an awful lot more trade paperbacks than you see hardcovers. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing that, that is has interested me in watching is we've seen a complete change in the price of hardcovers because 
that Stephen King hardcover I mentioned earlier is not $35 anymore. Mm -hmm. It used to be a $35 book that you walked mm -hmm. into a Barnes & Noble or a Borders or your independent to pick up. It's now a $19 book that you pick up on Amazon. Right. Mm. Now, before we, we are done here, I do want to um, mention our listeners probably shouldn't be submitting to you, I would assume. You don't want to get a flood. Like you are... We prefer to solicit everything we yes, publish. Right. And so if somebody is publishing hundreds of thousands of ebooks and they want a print edition, at that point they could probably contact you. But otherwise, you don't have a slush pile. People aren't, aren't going to be submitting to you. With, with the size staff we have mm -hmm. and the duties I have, there's simply no time to read slush. Yeah. Um, we do read things that, that to find out if they're going to be of interest to us to publish right. and, and pass on them or say yes or no. And we do get a decent number of agent submissions, but no, we're, we're, we're in... Yeah, I just wanted to say that because I didn't want to get yeah. done with this and have all of our listeners say, oh, a new publisher to submit to. That's not the point of this podcast. The Thank point you. of this podcast <laughs> was to inform you guys about the industry and make you aware of things like um, Bill is doing that hopefully will help you as writers and as small business people do better in this industry. But we really want to thank Bill for coming on. Thank you so much. And we're going to end with a writing prompt. Dan? Oh, man. You haven't talked the whole time. I know. It's because I've been listening raptly. This has been fascinating. He's been snoring. <laughs> I have been. It Was it audible? Dang it. <laughs> um, okay. Writing prompt. Your main character is a Thank small you. press publisher, and his store has been flooded. Okay. But not by a liquid. <laughs> Unsold stock. <laughs> All right, this has been Writing Excuses. You have excuses. Now go write. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.